Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. And today we have... Paul, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast for the second time. This is absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate you coming back, especially so soon. Um, Last time we talked about the role of love. And before we got off, we were talking about positive words and how they can affect you in different ways. So can you tell us a little bit more about positive words in that type of Absolutely. Absolutely, Tamala. Thank you so much for letting me be on a second time so quickly as well. I really enjoy this. I think that the probably the best thing that helped me understand where I was, Tamala, is, is that I, I figured out, I went for a walk one day and I found this stick. On on one side of the stick, it's really nice and smooth. You can put your hand on it. The stick's probably about three and a half feet tall, perfect for a walking stick. But on the other side of the stick, they've got some little knots on it. It's just got a place maybe where there was a branch and it looks like it was cut off or something. Mm-hmm. But it's a sharp point right there. So I call this the naughty side of the stick and <laughs> then the nice side of the stick. And yeah. I'm sure Santa Claus has a stick just like that. You'd probably know, Tamala, that's how Santa Claus, that's how you get your presents. <laughs> you flip the stick. <laughs> Whether you're not on the naughty side of the stick or on the nice side of the stick, yes. and hopefully you're on the side of the stick. Absolutely. Nice, I'm sure you're on that nice side of the stick. Perfect. What this did for me, what this did for me, Tamala, is that I realized that when my sister-in-law as I've mentioned before on the previous one, when my sister-in-law said that the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger, I realized that anger is on the naughty side of the stick. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. Anger is on the naughty side of the stick. Anger has its own vocabulary. It has its own words. It has its own nuances. It has its own humor. Yes. It has its own culture. Its own culture all by itself. Its own language. So I realizing that, realizing where I was on the stick, once I once you have that introspection or that self-actualization that some people call it, where you when you realize where you're at on the spectrum, then is the only time that you can do something about it. Now I re- I realized I had three choices. I could stay there, mm-hmm. stay the same, and I could blame the way you stay in your same spot is you blame other everybody else for your problems. It's when you blame somebody, you don't have to change. You don't have to do anything to move one direction or another. It's their fault. Therefore, they're the ones that have to change, not you. So that's one choice. The other choices become worse, become more angry. I didn't want to do that or become better and mm. just become more. So what I put at the other end of the stick, Pamela, is I put love and loving at the other end of the stick. And so I realized that just as anger has its own language, 
Love has its own language too. And so that's what really attracted me to the love languages of Dr. Gary Chapman is that he called it the love languages. And I wanted to learn it so bad. I read the book four or five times, but I read through the book. The book really didn't go through me. Right. And, and even after I read four or five times that I could not out, spit out of my mouth all five love languages in one sentence. I couldn't do it. I would yeah. have to think about it. If you offered me a million dollars, I think I'd get 60% on that. I'd be at maybe three out of five. I would could mm -hmm. not spit out. And what I found is that as I've talked with a lot of people about this, they can't name them all either without a little stumbling or with a little prompting or something. Right. They really can't do that. So I didn't feel like I was alone that way, but I wanted to change that. So what I decided to do, I, I talked to Dr. Chapman. I sent him a, a note and said, I'd like to find out if you're going to, if you'll license those little pictures, the little icons that you have for those love languages, because I had an idea. He, his attorney wrote me back and said, no, nah, we're not doing that. I said, okay, I'm going to go talk to my attorney because I think this idea is actually a pretty good idea. So I went and talked to my attorney about this, Tamil, and the attorney said that that theory, like the love language theory, is not copyrightable. Application is. Mm -hmm. so how you put that into your life or how you apply it to your life, mm -hmm. that's copyrightable. They weren't doing it as a game. And I remember, Tamala, as as a child, even as in the dysfunctional family that I was in, I remember as a child knowing that we played games together and when the game we played games even though it was the angry smack talk it was always a putting people down oh you're stupid you're not gonna get you never get this game and it was just all those real bad put downs that we had with that i remember it brought the family together and it was more of a, of a happy time in that dysfunctional um setting mm -hmm. so at those happy times, I thought, well, what if I could make this a game? What if I could make the love language a game? And then make it a happy thing to do it. So that's exactly what I did. So I, I made my own icons, got that all copyrighted, mm -hmm. and I put it on a, on a I, I, I call it a cube. So I put it on the cube. There you see I've got two hands touching one another for your listeners that can't see the video. These two hands are touching one another. That represents the love language of touch. Yes. Next, we've got a hand holding a gift. That represents the love language of gifts. Mm -hmm. I'm turning the turning the cube as I'm doing this. It's like a dice or, or a cube. I call it a cube. Now I've got a hand holding an hourglass. That represents time. Yes. A hand holding a platter. That re represents service. As, as if you're in a restaurant, the mm -hmm. servers, the, they serve you. And then two hands hold, held together to make a heart, as many people do nowadays. Yeah. So together. But also on this side of the of the dice, I've got a conversation flyout. Mm -hmm. These are the words of the heart. These yeah. are the loving words that we're saying. So those are the five love languages. There's six sides on the cube. The sixth side is a hand holding a question mark. And that is surprised me. So Temple, there's just two instructions. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you send out or give away. 
all day that day, all day. There's it's to everyone. Yes. So it's, that's a huge difference from what Dr. Chapman had said. More of his writings were about romantic uh, mm-hmm. relationships with your partner. This is about genuine love, about sending out, just being genuine, being kind to everyone that you come in contact with. So it's different in that way that you're just your romantic partner is just a part-time job. You're not yeah. with them all day long. I don't know anybody, Tamala, that's with their partner 24 seven. No, not at all. Well, and they don't want to be. Right. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate, but so there's, there's an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. I was single at the time when I created this and I did not have a significant other. So I said, well, what the heck am I going to do? And I just realized, oh, well, just send it out to everybody. As I started doing that, it just became a habit. Over 30 days of doing this, that anger that my sister-in-law had identified was gone. Mm. And I realized what was happening there, Tamala, is that I was stacking annoyance on top of annoyance, on top of annoyance, on top of annoyance, and I'd flash. And I had that same problem that my father had that my brother had, and just trying to overcome that, I realized what the annoyance was. It was because nothing, I wasn't annoyed at myself. I was annoyed at other people. Mm -hmm. I realized, oh, do I even have control over what they choose to do? And I thought, no, I don't. Let it go. Let it go. And instead of being annoyed or thinking, what's wrong with that person? I started thinking, What's right with that person? Mm. What can I love about that person? So as I'm watching for opportunities to love all day long, I'm so busy doing that, it crowds out any opportunities that it, to be critical of anybody else. Yes. I mean, the media wants it to be different. They want to show you the, all the critical, all the bad things that people are doing because that sells newspapers or it sells, uh, sells likes on the internet or what, whatever it sells. All that bad news. People like it for some reason. Because, and but this instead focuses on what's good about that person. You know, just the other day there was a a, a man that didn't have any arms or any hands, but he wanted. This was his goal, and he's from uh, from the San uh, San Diego area. He wanted to be able to throw a baseball out the the starting pitch of for a baseball game at 30 different stadiums for all the major league baseball yeah he finally did it just a couple of days ago he threw out the the first pitch and what he would do is he was able to pick up the baseball with his foot and throw it with his foot that's right he was the catcher and maybe you've seen the video of that i thought that's absolutely perfect and one of his comments really struck me just and as far as current news goes, it really struck me as he said, I want you to remember me for what I can do, exactly. not for what I can't do. I love that. And I think that's the attitude. So on the spectrum, on the not in nice spectrum, the nice thing is focus on what people can do. And I, and I, I really think that's highly important in our society. We really need to do a lot more of that. Yeah. They say um, what you focus on is what will grow, right? Like if you have a garden and you don't ever pay attention to it or do 
the focusing that you need to do on it, it won't grow if you don't water it and make sure that you prune and, you know, all of this. And, and I'm a, I'm a big gardener. So I understand the work that it takes in order to have your harvest. And it is a lot of focus that has to come for that. I can't go and, you know, focus on, you know, the rocks or, you know, doing other things if my, if I want my garden to grow. Right. So I think that that is absolutely phenomenal. And if we, as humans start to focus on the good things that people bring into your lives, then those particular things that you see, the good things you'll see in them will grow in, you know, within you as well. I completely agree and love that. And I, it's funny because you are, um, your story about the guy with baseball, I actually saw a mother, she had a child and a lot of people were, you know, she said a lot of people were in doubt that she could take care or cook for this child because she didn't have arms. She used to drive with her legs. She used to, you know, she cooked with her legs. She did it all. Everything that we do with our arms, she made it, she was capable to do what she needed to do with her child, with her, with her legs and her feet. So, um, I love those particular stories because again, you stop looking at what her quote unquote disability is and you see what her ability is. I love that. Yeah, it's really, really good. So when it comes to, um, positive words, like, I think that if we start to pay attention to that as well, and like you said, use the word love, use the word joy. I enjoy being with you or not. I I, I don't like it when you do this. How about I like it when you do this. Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest words that they say, um, well, is that the biggest negative word is shame, you know? And I think about when my grandmother used to say, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself, right? She didn't mean any harm, but she didn't know any better. She didn't know that she was passing on something. The word shame is a very, very negative, dark word. Mm-hmm. You know, when you could just, you know, use that and say it in a different way. Well, maybe you shouldn't do that because of blah, 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 rather than you should be ashamed of yourself in doing that, right? Yeah, I, I remember something uh, um, struck a, a memory there when you, when you said something about your grandmother. I remember my father being being a grandfather that he was. You know, I don't. I think they had thirty six grandchildren or something like that, and of which my wife and I contributed eight. And so, so we we're big contributors. One time he came to visit us, and he was holding up my son, and he said, he, and and he said something that struck a memory as a child. He said, "You're no good." Just teasingly saying, "You're no good." Just, just in a tease and mm-hmm. just the whole negativity of that tease just oh just it, it, it kind of cringed a little bit about that because i could remember him saying that about me and it's more of a even a tease so mm-hmm. teasing let's just take that for example pamela is that on the naughty side of the stick or is it on the nice side of the stick right it's on the naughty side every time it is and every so, time so what the valuable lesson is here is that find out what's the opposite of that. Right. So what would be the opposite of sarcasm, for example? And you're going to find words like genuine. You're going to find words like authentic. And those are those are the kind of qualities you actually want to go for rather than the sarcasm. Sarcasm can be so funny, yeah. and especially when it's not geared toward you. Right. When it's not in your direction, but it's in the direction of somebody else. It's funny, but 
it's not really at the uh, same time it's not <laughs> it's really not and yeah. that's right but one, one other thing I wanted to bring up is that many times in my life I've realized that life is like a, a magnifying glass whatever you magnify is going to grow bigger Ooh. and so why would we want to focus on a child that did something wrong maybe it's their first time and I I'm guilty of that my, myself as a parent of eight children I remember just being, don't you know how to do that? I mean, just thinking that they should be perfect by now. They came perfect. I mean, <laughs> children are perfect, right? Right. Not. And just until they're not. And then when they're not, you focus on that negativity, on whatever they did that was wrong, and then you enlarge that. Why would you do that as a parent? Right. Now I, I've got 20-20 vision because I'm past that stage. But with that 20-20 vision, you think, well, what they do right and focus on what they did right. And you magnify that, make that larger. Whoever would want the weaknesses of another person enlarged, especially if you're sending that out, what do you think is going to happen back to you? Mm -hmm. They're going to start looking at your weaknesses and focus yeah. on them. Is that, who was that? Exactly. I don't. No. I don't. I don't need anything magnified. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a nice smile, Tim. Tamla, so with that wow, oh, you should have that smile magnified. Oh, thank you. I will I'll take that. I appreciate that. But I love that. And I think that when I um now when I think and I'll, I'm probably gonna actually physically go and get it as well, have a stick. And all that way, when you look at it, you know, it's like when I wake up, when I wake up in the morning, there's several things that I wake up and I see. I have nice words, I have words matter. Um, it's a lot of things that I have on my door, my closet door that I look at, and I'll probably get a stick and a small magnifying glass as well. Because if you think about it as good words or bad words, it's a naughty word or a nice word. There's no in between. There is no sarcasm. There is no, oh, I was just kidding. And yeah. really be mindful of the words that you put out, right? And then have that magnifying glass. What is it that I want to magnify today? Absolutely. With goodness in some part in somebody, even if you start with one one person and then move on to two and three and everybody, right? And then you have that. I'm gonna magnify what's good in this person today. I'm gonna mag at the end of the day before I go to bed. Maybe I'll say, "Oh, let me magnify what was good in my life today." That is so wonderful. Grab a stick. You have a naughty and a nice, and then the magnifying glass. Be mindful of what you are magnifying in your day, in someone else's life, in your children's life, your grandchildren's life, your mom's. That is beautiful. I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, my pleasure. I think that there's one more thing about the stick, though, too, that we probably ought to uh, cover is sure. that when you pick up a stick, you actually pick up both ends of the stick. And you have to figure out which end are you going to hold on to. I mean, you could, if it was a small stick, you could hold on both ends. But that's really kind of, really, it's, you could be bipolar too. Yeah. So we're talking about polar polar opposites here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want to pick up the good end of the stick. And we want to understand which end is the good end. And I think that as we do that self-actualization that I was talking about, if we just assign maybe a label to it, not that we're going to permanently have that label, but assign what is that that behavior like? What does it look like for as far as a word goes? And then find out, well, what's the opposite of that word? 
And, you know, even, even the word diversity, if you look at the word diversity, the opposite would be cohesiveness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do we really want diversity or do we want to be cohesive as a society? Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, just vocabulary alone has its naughty and nice nice side. And you want to make sure that that as if you're moving from anger to love, it's really be conscious of the words that you say because they really could hurt. Yes. Or they could help. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, we want people to be cohesive that we're working together yes and even though diversity seems like it's all spread apart and there's a lot of different things going on cohesiveness is really a kind of a better thing to do yeah. you want to be together and, especially and, when we can be together and be better right absolutely. bring that love bring that positivity bring let's all the you know joy let's do it right yeah. that is so wonderful there's your high five <laughs> I like it. I love it, actually. So I hope that the audience really, really understands that you have a choice when you get up every day. Every day, you can focus on the good, the bad, or, you know, one thing that I try to do is I try to think about if I was on, if I was standing on the other side of me and I heard the words that I'm saying, how would that make me feel? That's really, really big. And I know I'm a sensitive person. Not, you know, I don't cry all the time or anything like that, but I'm very, I, I everything kind of, I want to say melts inside of me, but I can feel like if, if there's love in the room, I feel it. You know, I'm an empath. I feel everything. So I try to be very mindful of how I make people feel because I want to feel good. I don't want anybody to make me feel bad. So I want to remind people that Paul has, Role of Love, which is the book, and it has certain actions that that goes with the cube. So please go out and get it. It is a fantastic game that you can play with your children or your family or just by yourself (laughs) and go out there and spread some love, right? Absolutely. I want to thank you again for being on the Codependent Me podcast. It has been a joy again. (laughs) You spread so much love. Keep doing what you're doing. It's making a difference. Thank you, Tamala. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for having me as a guest again on your podcast. Absolutely. No problem. And, you know, next year, maybe later on this year, might find you on here again. You never know. All right. I appreciate you. And I want to remind the audience, I know that you can choose any podcast, but you chose this one. And I thank you. And I want you to remember that you matter and your story matters and have a beautiful day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.